And that is a wrap. Thank you, St. Joseph. The Chiefs camp has come to an end as they get ready for preseason game number two. What did this camp show us? Where are they going next? And what do we need to watch on Saturday today? Unlocked on Chiefs. From the land of the free and the home of the Chiefs, this is the Locked on Chiefs podcast. Welcome back, everybody. It is, for all intents and purposes, Red Friday. We have a Saturday ball game, preseason game number two coming at you, and we're going to get you ready for it. Thanks for making us your first listen. Check out another Lockdown Show for your next listen, because we're here free for you five days a week, all the time, on YouTube and all the audio platforms. So like, sub, and hit that bell on YouTube, and get with us over on Spotify and Apple or any audio platform that you prefer, because you can subscribe for free everywhere you can get podcasts. We have a lot to go over today. I'm excited about it because this is a turning point in the Chiefs season. Every year this happens, and I think that we're going to see a lot of different things in preseason game number two. I'm Ryan Tracy, the founder of Rogue Analytics and Performance Consulting, NFL33.com, as well as RGRfootball.com. And Chris is going to come here in a second because he's going to help yeah. you out, too. <laughs> because I was muted. Uh, Chris Clark from Chiefs Corner. Um my apologies on that. I muted myself because I thought I heard some sounds in the background upstairs. Um, lots to talk about when you talk about the end of training camp. It's another year done in St. Joe. I'm sure they're going to be back next year. Uh, so mark that on your calendar sometime at the end of July towards the middle of August. Uh, and at this point, Chiefs are headed back to Kansas City to enjoy time with their families before they head out tomorrow, which by the time you're listening to this, maybe today on Friday. Yeah. You know, this is the uh, the deep breath and take stock type area of the preseason because you've gotten through the bulk of what is the, the hardest portion in terms of the, the physical allocation of needing to to get treatment, get cold bath, you know, day to day to day grind. Um, it does change a little bit from here on out. And that's why I think the second preseason game is always kind of that turning point. This week has been specific. Uh, they finished up with military appreciation out there at camp. Uh, a lot of good things came this week one thing that i think we need to focus on is not just uh you know who's battling for what position but what this camp did and, and there's been a few injuries uh i don't think anything overly dramatic given any other year um obviously the big story has been the holdout of chris jones which seems to have a little bit of uh of gusto um social media should not be considered the source but let's hope that this gets done pretty soon are you feeling optimistic today I don't know. Chris and his <laughs> tweets just don't really make you feel like you have a clue what's going on. So uh, a lot of questions when it comes to Chris Jones. Uh, I think the team wants him back. He wants to, I'm sure he wants to sign another contract. Whether or not that gets done, we'll see. Uh, at this point, though, really the bigger question is, is, can he really be ready to play week one and be ready to go for a full week one? Uh, because you're sitting there and it's just a couple of weeks away at this point. I think you're, what, two weeks away? Three weeks away, getting, I guess. I, it's to the point now where it, it becomes about conditioning. It becomes about the ability to line up and play, you know, not just 15 snaps, but 45 snaps. And I, and I don't think there's any expectation that it has to be a full go. You know, um, they were averaging, I want to say, 64 snaps per year on defense last year, uh, per game, excuse me, not per year. Um, but that, that's playing, a heavier load. He was playing 75 to 80% of those snaps a lot of games. And so he won't be doing that week one. Uh, and this is a game. Let's not be. Let's not take it for granted. The Detroit Lions are going to be a good team this year. I fully believe that. I'm not saying that I'm expecting them to win against Kansas City, 
but you want your players to be ready to go. You want to be in the best possible scenario that you can be. And this is really the last time that he would have had a chance to get snaps. There's no way, even if he comes in, that he would be playing in the next preseason game. Yeah, I mean, and let's let's be honest. He has he has a job lined up, and uh, I forgot to remind all you guys that uh, check out LinkedIn Jobs because they really do help you, and you can post for free at LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNFL. Um, I, I think whether he hits the field week one, obviously got to get the, the contract portion of it out of the way first. We're kind of on watch at this point, and, and I don't want to overreact to, to social media, but this is where the rubber hits the road. Um, tomorrow was my day that I felt he had to be signed in order to get into camp, to get into that, like you said, about three-week preseason for him specifically to be ready to go to that point. Does that happen? We'll see. Um, obviously, some questions about where Chris is at, and we, we can uh, answer this for Tilly Train right now. Does Chris Jones have an option of sitting out and still collecting this year's salary? The answer to that is a resounding no. No. And I and I only brought it up because we are sitting here talking about Chris Jones. There's no reason to wait and uh, answer that later and come back to the question. He can't get this huge salary. He's going to continue to be fined uh, $50,000 a day. And I'm sure it changes in the in the regular season. I'm not exactly sure what that is. Uh, I fully expect that he'll be reporting at some point. Uh, it's just whether or not he's able to actually play, which is a little bit different. Yeah, game checks are where you, you bring in the majority of your cash during the NFL season. You miss a game, you miss a game check. So that does become a financial incentive rather quickly here. So where does that leave us? What do we have to see starting on Saturday? Well, first, we have this field that we have to discuss, and there's an issue of player safety. There's an issue that we're going to harken back to the the Super Bowl, at least the uh, opposing fan bases certainly are. But what does that do for evaluation purposes? And then later in the show, we're going to give you exact guys to watch to see what they can do this week. But first, I'm going to give you a message from our pals over at LinkedIn. These days, every new potential hire feels like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain when you're bringing somebody onto your payroll, and that's got to have the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. You can get in there, write up your description, add your job, and the purple hashtag will come up framing your particular profile, letting everybody know that you're looking for the help that you need. Simple tools like screening questions, as well as any kind of feedback give you and make it easy for you to focus on the candidates that you want with just the right skills and are going to be the fit with the experience that you're looking to prioritize and who you'd like to interview and then hire. It's small businesses that are rating LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus all their leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster and for free. You can post that job for free at linkedin.com slash LockedOnNFL. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. Post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. I think what we have to get used to as we start to get ready to talk about uh, what to watch, it, it starts with the fact that this is the, the last, this is the cutoff of practices that we're going to see. There are going to be some select portions of practice from the rest of the, of the year that the media will get to observe. But a lot of that is simple warm-up and drill work, individual sessions. Anything beyond that is going to be something that we have to rely on. Pressers, uh, reports from the staff, et cetera, even the beat reporters aren't going to be able to give you that. So we've seen what we can see to this point. 
And now we have to see the next steps taken forward. It's going to be on a game-to-game basis, obviously starting with preseason week number two, going to, to game number three in the preseason. And that is the natural leap from week to week to try to make this 53. Now, I do want to remind everybody the thing that's been on my mind lately is, is just the heap of changes that are going to come all at once now with this new rule where they can go directly from 90 down to 53. My guess is they leak a few things out. Um, they have a tendency to do a couple of moves early just when, when they know that they're out there, especially if there's a veteran that they want to give an opportunity to play on another roster. And if they do that, it'll be after this game. Uh, if it's a veteran, they will do it after this game, not preseason game number three. Uh, I would expect that they're going to have probably 10 or 15 cuts, maybe even more than that, right after game number three. But, you know, we're sitting here talking about game number two. You look back at the field, and I do think it's just as bad as it was in the Super Bowl and maybe even a little bit worse. They don't seem to have really gotten it fixed, and that's going to be a problem. And one of the concerns I have when Andy Reid came out today and talked about how he does plan on having his starters play for, for a half. Yeah, and I theorized uh, earlier in the week that maybe we could get some of the backups in prior to that. I, I know that he's going to make the statement either way. I hope that in retrospect, when they get onto the field and they get through warmups and they see the condition of it, everything that I've been able to, to garner in terms of information on this field right now is that this is not a surface that they want to be on, particularly Trash. for the starting 22. Yes. So I hope that, that that decision is then recalibrated when they get there. Uh, I would like to see the starters play no more than a quarter on that particular field. And that's just me because I'm a little bit more cautious than that. I don't know what Andy Reid will do or if he'll adjust at all. But I personally feel like it's significant enough of an issue that they should limit their reps on that field for the starters. And that does give us a better glimpse of the backups, especially guys who have been kind of jostling in that uh, you know second to third tier right now. And so I, I think there are positives all the way around doing it that way. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of questions as to who's going to play where. And I guess we should touch base really quick on injuries. Alec Reddy missed practice today. He was out there on the field, though. So that's encouraging. He was at least able to go out there on the field. Uh, Cole Crawford, who we didn't hear an injury come from uh, yesterday, did not practice today. So that's something to watch. And when you start looking at how many injuries they have at that wide receiver position, uh, definitely going to be difficult to not have some of your third and fourth string guys play a lot of snaps for you coming on Saturday because you're not going to want to have guys you're going to feel like are going to be on this roster playing in this game in the third and fourth quarter. Yeah, I, I agree with you there. And uh, Kako Crawford is one of the guys we're going to talk about in the next segment because I, I do think that we need to see more from him. The injury management phase of this, I think, is, as we're discussing here about, you might not even be able to get a look at a guy that that is on the edge of of making himself useful in special teams, Certainly, practice squad candidates, they're all in this. But that is weighed against getting the rust off of the starters, especially after last week. So my inkling is I want to see super tight, super crisp drives, particularly on the offensive side, but from the defense as well, in the first quarter. And that, again, is just one more thing that allows them to pull those guys off the field as soon as possible. That said... Is there a reason in your mind where, uh, for the coaching staff, they may want to continue to push through that, even if the conditions are bad? I'm not going to be shocked if they do. Andy Reid's always been a guy that's run a tough camp, so it's not going to shock me if he tries to play through and say he'll take the risk of having injuries. I mean, that's part of the game of football is you're always going to have a possibility of injury. So uh, you just hope that the injury bug doesn't hit you very hard. 
you know, I wouldn't mind seeing a scenario where maybe you have a good couple of first drives and you leave maybe the right side of your offensive line and and you bring in two backups on the left side. Uh, and you, if Al Grady's able to play, let him play at left guard and bring in Juan E. Morris to play left tackle. And, you know, obviously put Gabbert back out there and see how they get, how they do. Point is, is if, if Arizona is playing their first string unit, you're going to get a much better idea of how Morris is going to play and how whoever that backup guard is going to play. Joe Tooney doesn't need those snaps. He knows the offense. Right. He knows everything. The only reason Tooney and really Donovan Smith would need the snaps is to get chemistry between the two of them. I think they've probably had, got enough going into the – you know, into the regular season at this point, if they've got one or two drives under their belt uh, come Saturday. I, I agree with you completely. And, and today's practice didn't go much towards that. This was a 10, 10, 10. And for, for everybody, again, the 10, 10, 10 practice, you'll hear this throughout the season as well. Um, it, it's 10 plays for each of the defense, the offense and the special teams. And they're designed to work on, on sticky spots, uh, you know, new play designs. I'm sure the, the merry-go-round snow globe play was in there for a few weeks in 10, 10, 10s. But it's not terribly intense. It is about timing. It is about uh, getting a walkthrough in to make sure that you can get things done. Um, well, and you're, and you're in shells and you're not going, you're not tackling to the ground. Sorry, I just want to point that out because that's another difference. Fair enough. And so Nick Allegretti being back out there but not participating, I don't think that's a, a negative anyway. Uh, and one quick note from our resident beat reporter, Matt Derrick, did say that he's told that Allegretti is expected to be fine. So that's a positive as well, not just the fact that he was able to be out there, but. Well, it's also possible he won't play on Saturday since he didn't practice, but we'll see. Yeah, I'm I'm not concerned about that in any way. Um, he would be. I mean, right now on my, on my rank, he would be the sixth offensive lineman overall. Oh yeah, no, absolutely. But it would give him a chance if, if like what I said, if you want to take Tooney out and you want to take Smith out, you could put in two guys. And I guess the other guy would be, you know, you put in Kennard at that spot to see how Kennard could do against the starters and give you a really good idea of, of what Kennard can do. I do think it's important for guys like Jawan Taylor uh, and still Creed Humphrey and, and Trey Smith to have a little bit more work just because they are young guys and anything that they get is going to help them. Although, obviously, with Creed Humphrey and Trey Smith, they already know the offense and they already have chemistry. So, uh, I mean, it could go both ways. I, I'd rather decide on the air of caution. Let's see what happens on Saturday night as we get ready for that ball game. But. Starters aside, the field aside, there are guys on this roster or trying to make this roster that have to put aside the field conditions and do the best that they can to make some noise. Who are those? Who has the opportunity? We'll list them out next. As we look at who the players are that are in what I call striking distance, you might be in the the 65 to 70 range right now. Can you push up to that 53? Or can you solidify that spot? Because with a 16-man practice squad, there are 69 players that will be signed to this roster after cutdowns. Uh, I'm sorry, day after the cutdown day. Um, the day number two is where we'll see if anything does come. Although, with the report that Kadarius Tony may be uh, ready to go week one, there may not have to be the uh, the roster gymnastics that you generally have to do when you have to put a player on the 53 and then send him to IR and bring him back in the whole, whole nine yards there. Uh, so I want to start, and we mentioned Kako Crawford uh, earlier. No indication as of now that I have that there's any reason he'll miss this game. Don't know what his absence was for today, and you mentioned we didn't see an injury for him. He practiced yesterday. So what can we do at this point? He's a guy that I think we can go and get some some good production out of. If he can show out again, 
I think he will solidify himself as a practice squad player on this roster. And I think that's a good thing because I do see a lot of upside in his game still. Yeah, I do too. I think that uh, he was a free under undrafted free agent they brought in. I think he was a tryout player as well. Uh, and he came in and he impressed them and he made the roster that way. And I do think he has value as being a you know a practice squad guy that maybe you can develop over the next couple of years. Is the reality is, is Kansas City is going to continue to have to try to develop players the best they can through the practice squad. I mean, you have to use us use what you have the ability to use. Maybe those guys aren't going to contribute in the future, but he is somebody that I think could step in and uh, at least give you somebody that would know a little bit of the offense if you had to during the season. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, let's hope that, that he gets back out there and can make the most of it. Um, do you have somebody in particular that you're, you've got your eye on? I wouldn't say that I have. I mean, I'm, I've probably got five or ten players I've, I'm going to be watching. Um, but really, for me, it's not even the starters. It's not even guys that I think are bubble players. It's more of, you know, what does a guy like Carvin show up on the offensive line? How's he show out? Especially if Alec Reddy doesn't play, he's going to be going up against a higher level of competition. Uh, is Caliendo going to differentiate himself on the offensive line? Uh, does Cotnard make it, you know, make a case for making this roster. I still think he is on this roster at this point because I don't think they want to give up on him. But we'll see how that turns out. Is Niang a guy that they can trust to be a, a player on this roster? I think that he's behind. He's obviously behind Wandy Morris. I still think he's behind uh, Prince Tegawanago as well. Uh, then you start looking at, at other players. You know, you look at a guy like Matt Bushman, who when the when camp started, you thought maybe on the outside looking in now, maybe is he going to be the guy that, and they keep three tight ends and they go with him. And then the other question that I have on offense is what is the deal with the Narek Prince? Because he was buried in depth on during Wednesday's practice. I didn't see any the key practice on the Thursday's week. practice. Huh? The, the key practice of the week, right? Right. Yeah. And I, and I didn't see any reports on where he was on Thursday's practice, which is a you know the ten ten ten, which we already talked about. So the question is: Is he really a guy that could be pushing to make the roster, or are they looking at is it Lamichael Pirine? Um, you know, he did okay in the game. I, I guess if you're trying to figure out if Prince isn't going to be your kick returner, which that would be his likely scenario to be on the team, then maybe you're looking at a different running back. I I have a tinfoil hat theory about that um i i think they've seen enough in the past game to warrant his his inclusion in this organization so i wonder if he's not being shut down uh in, in order to make it to that practice squad uh in a way oh. that he does have to clear waivers and that is a concern maybe well and then who's going to be your kicker turner because right now they, they don't have one he was, well yeah but i think richie's going to have a much bigger place in this offense than a lot of people thought he would True. For me, most of the guys that I'm really keen to see this particular week are going to be on the defensive side. I agree with you on Bushman. He has an opportunity here. I know. Don't be so surprised. But still, um, we have not seen Nick Jones. Uh, We're missing two Joneses right now. Obviously, we have the contractual issue with Chris. But Nick hasn't been able to practice uh, with that hand, uh, in in particular the fractures in the fingers, as we understand. And it looked to me, uh, looking back at the film from last week, that is the the primary, the the, uh, first and second fingers. So we don't know the prognosis or what that's going to mean. But what I am pretty certain of is that he's not going to play in this ballgame. He hasn't practiced all week. I doubt that he gets out there. So that's an opportunity for three guys in particular. 
we heard about uh, Echo Boido, and obviously Khalif Halasi uh, had a, a good game last week. The question for me is, it feels like there's been some progress for Lamar Jackson this week. And so does he creep into some of those reps? Do you get a little bit more looks? Who does get to run with the ones a little bit? That may be dependent on how Jalen Watson and Joshua Williams perform, but do we see a, a shift up there? Last week it was Watson with the start, even though it does feel like Joshua Williams has been performing better throughout preseason practice. So what do we see there? The corner group is kind of still up for grabs right now. It really is, and I think that that's one of the bigger positions that you've got to get figured out, and they're going to have to figure out in this game probably. Uh, I wonder if you know Watson started last week. Does Williams start this week? And they're just you know trying to give each of them a look at different player at you know starting. Uh, we'll see if that ends up being the case. If Watson starts again this week, that kind of gives you an indication as to where he is on this roster. I think um, you know you look at the rest of this, you know, the corner group. You have a great point. I mean, is Lamar Jackson a guy that can maybe push his way onto the roster? I don't personally see it right now. Uh, I would think Khalif Halasi is going to be a guy that could push himself onto this roster based on what I saw in the preseason game. But again, the preseason game is only just a little bit of it. But for mm-hmm. the coaches, they see everything. Uh, they're going to know how does the guy show up in practice? How do, what's his attitude like? What's his you know coachability like? And, and that really that stuff really does matter when you start getting into these guys. And I'm not trying to say either any of them are not coachable or any of that. But they know so much more than we do. But based on the game, I thought I thought I thought what I saw from Khalif Halasi, and it isn't just the interception; it was the way he played against the wide receivers. The you know the ability to tack the ball and to really be aggressive, I thought was really impressive. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And then what happens with the Boodle and Taylor Reese, uh, guys that are, yep. have been listed on and off as the nickel possibilities as well? Like that's that's a niche within a niche that I think might get you a little bit further down the line. So let's see who gets reps. Even though the field is terrible, who can make the most of it? On the pass rush side, I want to see more Keandre Cobra, nothing against Danny Shelton. I think uh, we, we've we seen what we need from Danny Shelton. We know he can move now. We know that he's trimmer. I, I don't disagree with you there, but the bigger question right now is what are you going to do with defensive tackle? Because Wharton missed practice on Thursday. And if he's moving backwards – is that going to cause you to keep another DT that you weren't planning on keeping? Possibly. And that's why I need to see Keandre Coburn front and center in this ballgame. I do expect that Daniel Wise will likely get the, the quote-unquote start with the ones uh, because he's been wrapping up there all, all training camp. And unless Chris Jones magically appears on a red carpet tomorrow, we'll see. Uh, that's what I want to see because I do think Danny's more of a, a known quantity. And obviously with Turk missing practice, uh, you don't have that that propensity for it. You could also get reps from Malik Herring. Uh, Josh Kano got some reps. We'll see there. But it's the the rookies for me, not just Coburn, FAU. And in particular, I want to see more B.J. Thompson. I was encouraged by what I saw, the, the speed-oriented rush that he delivered last week. Well, and I'm curious. You know, neither of us had Wise on the start as a, even making the roster this year. Is that going to be something since he's been running with the ones? Is he going to be a guy that's going to sneak his way on the roster? Uh, big question in my he's mind. Like, I, yeah. I I know you like him because he's a former Jayhawk, but Rock Chalk, you got to do it. It's it's kind of surprising to me. I mean, there's enough Miz on this roster; we can afford a Jayhawk or two. I'm just saying, okay. <laughs> there's pl- yeah, there's plenty of Mizzou on this roster. Uh, I do want to address this really quick. Nico did not play; did not practice. Uh, likely, I would expect that he is going to be a guy that they're going to be putting on IR in the next week or two. Uh, it, from everything I've heard and everything I've read. 
it was, and, and you can actually, somebody had the tw- had a video of the catch that, or what he was trying to make. I think he made the catch uh, where he came down on the shoulder really hard. And it looked like a pretty significant injury of driving the shoulder into the ground. So uh, I, I hope I'm wrong, but I would think that he's probably an IR candidate, which if they put him on IR now, and I know Matt talked about this earlier in the week, they put him on IR now, his season is over. There's one uh, series of hoops you can jump through. You'd have to reach an injury settlement, cancel this contract, release him oh, on the right. injury settlement, and then bring him back. I, there, that's the only way that I know how to do it. That seems like a lot. So They're not going to do that I with just, a rookie wide receiver that showed out in camp, I don't think. I think they're agreed. just going to put him on IR and, and stash him for the year. Even if he could be make it back in December, I think that they're, they'll be good otherwise. Agreed. And thank you, Lee, for the question. But I do want to make this specific. It isn't just to save him for next year. It is a legitimate injury. This was was significant. So it's not like the the phantom um, you know, hangnail that has bitten some people in the past. So um and, and as, I, as terms of your second piece, uh next year could Taylor move over to left and Morris play right? It's certainly a possibility. They do like Morris as a swing as well. So we'll just have to pl- see what happens. Yep. Big question as to whether or not that happens. I think that they want to keep Taylor at right tackle personally. Uh, so I think they'll be looking for another left tackle. And we'll see whether or not Wanya Morris can be that guy. Um, if they want to, I, I, the reason I don't think they want to move Juwan Taylor is because if they wanted Juwan Taylor to play left tackle, they would have kept him at left tackle and they would have found a right tackle. Uh, you're paying him the money to play tackle and you're paying him top of the market money, which is usually a left tackle. Uh, I don't care that he's the right tackle on this roster. I'm not complaining about signing him. I think it was a great signing, uh, but I, I think he sticks on the right. I have to agree. Let us know what you think. Are you ready for the second preseason game? Hit us in the comments on YouTube. Hit us in the reviews on Spotify and Apple. Let us know what you liked about the way we handled training camp this year and what you would like to see in the meantime until we get to cut down day. Thank you for enjoying your Red Friday. Obviously, this is recorded a little bit early, so if there's breaking news, we'll give you a bonus episode. We appreciate your time and hanging out with us. Hope you're ready for preseason game number two, and we will be back with you post-game. Have a good one, and we'll talk to you then.